Welcome back to Minds at Your. I'm Megan. My name is Alex. And I'm Tim. Okay. Very important question. What brand of cryptid would you be? And this is based on me realizing that my roommate is definitely something water-based, not fish-based. And thus spending an hour building a cryptid. Neither fish with an F nor fish with a PH. You are correct. What kind of cryptid would I be? Hmm. I now feel like I should have prepped you both, but I'm editing this week, so yeah. no regrets. <laughs> little little heads up in a minute. Let's let's talk through this one. Okay. <laughs> I being a cishet dude that rules out any form of Mothman. I don't. I don't feel like I get any ownership over Mothman. Um, I may spend too much time on TikTok, but I get no ownership over Mothman. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe something in the Yeti family. I like it cold. I tend to have a good deal of hair and facial hair <laughs> and whatever. Um, I'm choosing my wording carefully because furry is also not my cryptid assignment. <laughs> Okay, so something uh, more cold-natured and potentially furry? Here suit. Let's use the word here suit because okay. Uh, okay. furry, again, implies <laughs> membership in a community I don't belong to. Okay, okay. Tim, what about you? I would have, I believe, I don't know what my name would be, but my tagline would be the Chupacabra of the Suburbs. And I would be hidden and cause chaos and probably eat goats, but I would do it in kind of upper middle class neighborhoods. So, so I want to workshop this a little bit because you definitely gave us more to work with than I did. Wait, yeah. wait. I just want to point out that, yeah, that was like, this is something you've thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Conversely, like, ask Tim about the works of Stephen Sondheim and then ask me about the works of Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> you, are, you are correct. I, I did feel that this yeah, was a, on a, more a, even foot than it may have actually been. A little, yeah. little more in my wheelhouse, I think. I mean, my apologies. Let's, let's, here's, here's Alex can name the cryptids he can name. The Bigfoot slash Yeti slash Sasquatch slash Abominable Snowman family. Okay. The Loch Ness Monster. Moving out of things that regularly featured in children's cartoons <laughs> in the 1980s. The Mothman. The Chupacabra. Uh, 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 the Jersey Devil. Okay. But only because there's a sports ball team named after them. And I don't say sports ball being apathetic towards sports. I just literally don't know what because I'm apathetic towards sports, but not in a, like, preachy, judgmental way. It's just not my bag, baby. It's hockey. Hockey, yeah. yeah. Hockey. They're a hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Go yeah. Falcon. No, nope, Falcons is football. What was our hockey team here? We it had a hockey team. The Thrashers. 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 Yes. And before that, it was the Atlanta Knights. I feel like we have to bleep all of that, guys. Oh right, we're talking about anamorphs again. We can't, we can't say where we are. That rule only applies during odd-numbered seasons. Well, no, it, it also it turns out you have to live by that rule when you talk about cryptids too. It's yeah, not because anybody is 
is paying attention to you, but you have to act like people are, you know, worried about what you're saying. So that's it's all part of the game. Is okay. Alf a cryptid? Oh, I was about to say, well, let's workshop Tim's, but now I just want to talk about this. Actually, no, now let's I, go back no, to Tim's no, thing. Hang on. No. No, okay, okay you know what? Ahead. Okay, so hold on, hold on. I feel like Alf is Melmachian until he moves to Earth, at which point he's an alien, but only for a short period of time, at which point he would jump into the cryptid category. Oh. Okay. I'm going to go with I'm an Alf. <laughs> okay. Okay. I recognize as soon as I say that out loud, I'm probably in 2021 on the internet setting up some unfortunate uh, uh, acronyms that that could stand for. (laughs) But hey, you know what? I'm tired of dating apps, so bring it. Actually, Um, I I just want a keychain of of Alex Alf. Alf Alex. Alf Alex. No, Alf Alex makes me think yeah. of little rascals. We just give you the little hair thing. Yes. <sighs> anyway, uh, the chupacabra of the suburbs is a mouthful. It is. How do you feel about the yuppie cabra? I like that. Ooh. Well, that's what I was saying. I, I don't. I hadn't thought of a name, but I do love that. Now there are some follow-up questions that come out of this because linguistically that makes you the yuppie sucker. So, oh my god! Do you then? eat yuppies or do you just eat their goats i i feel like i would eat their goats because once you start eating people i would only eat people when i felt threatened which Ooh. meant when i've been seen Ooh. wendigo that's another one i know it still belongs <laughs> to the sasquatch family but... no 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 wendigo's not the same thing okay those are rooted I... in first nation uh, okay cool. belief yeah I mean, all right, well, so is the Sasquatch. No, 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 like, it's not the Sasquatch same Sasquatch is also thing. appropriated from indigenous. Oh, I didn't actually realize that. Okay. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, a lot of North American... Uh, yeah, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Culture in general <laughs> is appropriated from other cultures. This is true. This is true. Which um, is strange, because I definitely watched... Oh, yeah. This is an Animorphs podcast. Never mind. Yeah. Have fun editing, Meg. Yep. Um, if you are a suburban Chupacabra, Tim. Yes. Which is a great name for a rock band. Mm-hmm. Organic free-range goats? Oh, my God. That's the reason why it's upper class. Y- yeah. N- no, that wouldn't be my preference. Um, Actually, I wouldn't... I would more eat the goats... The goats are just the innocent victim in my spite of eating goats of people. It would be more a passive-aggressive attack at people. We did confirm you're not eating people because you're not like eating goats, as in like the greatest no. of all time no. kind of goat, right? Like no, yeah, no. I, okay. I would be, I would attack people if they saw me because I had to protect the mystery. Of me, but I would not openly hunt and eat people if I'm left alone. Okay. But I would, like, go in people's basements and take shiny objects. I'm sorry, did did you say Chupacabra or Gollum? Um, <laughs> I, well, you gotta remember that it's still me, so... 
there's Smeagol, gonna then? yeah there's gonna be elements of both <laughs> <laughs> it'd be hard to separate the two <clears throat> okay i i feel like we're missing an important question in all of this what is that Meg, what is your answer? Oh, I would be something similar to like a not deer, where it's like you think it's something from far away, like a deer, but as you got closer, you realize it's not a deer and it's terrifying. So an andalite? No, because like that from far away, you still know that that's not a fucking deer. <laughs> Jackalope. Jackalope's also a cryptid. Jackalope is might be the greatest of all cryptids. <laughs> well, there you go. Please don't eat me, though. The greatest of all time, cryptid. Don't. <laughs> the, the goat cryptid. Also have figured out a few of my next names from the goats I buy in Stardew Valley. Anyways. <laughs> all of this cryptid talk is much more fascinating than the hour of Animorphs we watched this week. And I want to think about that when we talk about how these Andalite costumes look. Okay, um, I was shocked to see two Andalite costumes on screen at the same time. Same. I thought that was I'm an not, editing trick. I was going to say, I'm not convinced it wasn't a Haley Mills situation. Yeah. I feel like one was a puppet and one was a person. Yes, that that sounds right. Because one like put its arm on the other's shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I did appreciate calling back to something that we talked about last week, which I remember clearly because I finished finished editing that today. <laughs> um, Tom did walk into the arcade at one point and say, why do you have a dog in here? <laughs> so maybe the dog's not allowed in the arcade, yeah, but the no. minimum wage employee who was underpaid 20 years ago and is even more underpaid now... Uh, just didn't give a Dude, fuck. The arcade employee is in the actual arcade probably about 10% of the time that the arcade employee is paid. Oh, I went the opposite direction of that arcade guy has seen some shit. Yeah. He <laughs> knew there were yurks before anybody else did. Well, you he... know, he, he survived the great arcade fire in <laughs> 1992. <laughs> oh, before we get too far into this lore, though... Can we get a summary of this week's episode? Yes. Episode four was called On the Run, and it was directed by Ron Oliver. Jake lost the disc, and someone found it, and we'll give it back for a price. An Andalite. Melissa invites Cassie and Rachel to the sharing. Tom wears cool rugby shirts. Sorry, that was just me adding that. Marco and Jake do the pet store bit, and Marco ends up in a capital D dumpster. And then a trash truck. Marco gets the disc, but it's a yerk trap. Tobias watching them do some weird group reenactment of the end of Breakfast Club. <laughs> Episode 5 is called Between Friends and was directed by Sean Levy, who went on to direct the Night at the Museum series and Stranger Things. Uh, Tobias oh. tells Rachel he's a permabird. Melissa is acting strange. Jake says, keep a low profile, and Rachel's like, no. Nah. Chapman heads to his secret comms room to talk to Visser 3, and two identical cats come in. Chapman takes cat Rachel to see Visser 3. Jake follows his homer. Visser 3 wants Melissa to join, but Chapman is having none of it. Jake gets Rachel out, and Tobias helps the escape. Episode 6 is called The Message, and is directed by William Fruitt. Tobias almost eats Cassie. Cassie starts hearing voices. Tobias and Cassie pass out. Cassie goes to find the voice. 
Visser 3 hears it too. There was a crash landing. And Andalite grabs Cassie. But then Visser 3 is there too. Cassie skunks him. The gang runs and butterflies out. The new Andalite is Elfanger's brother, Axe. Axe makes a human morph. And that was episode 4, 5, and 6. You might say that Axe was saved by body spray. No. No. I mean, I Damn, that's really I probably might. Yeah, that, yeah, I probably would. I would. I hate how much the longer I think about that, it's actually really good. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my first reaction was just like, we do not talk about Axe body spray. No. But it works so well. Hey, so speaking of that dumpster, I uh, feel like I should give an update. Last episode, I talked about the theater I'm on the board of <laughs> thinking about bringing in a dumpster. And they did, and we filled it up and, and got a lot of shit out of storage that needed to go. Can anybody guess what the name of this off-brand dumpster was? What the brand name of it was? Trash Taxi. No, but I points for the alliteration. You're on the right track. <laughs> I think I've actually seen a sign or some mobile vehicle with that on it. I didn't make that up. Um, <laughs> probably lowercase d dumpster, and it would have just made me angry to see it. <laughs> like that's start a stylized choice. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna start a brand just called lower, just called little d. <laughs> little d trash pickup. <laughs> little d dash rumpster. <laughs> that's, that's a rap name if ever I've heard it. <laughs> It was a clutter cube. A clutter cube. Oh my god, I hate that. Because you know what that says to me? Moving truck. Really? Yeah, no, that does yes. sound more like stuff like, you want to keep than stuff you want to get like, rid of. You gotta like Tetris it in and it looks all cluttered. I don't know. This is where my brain goes. No, I agree. It should be a capital D declutter cube. <gasps> no. A declutter D cube? <laughs> something about that feels Ikea ish. <laughs> declutter cube? Yes, that may be it. <laughs> okay. So the first episode was about getting back the the disc and finding out it was the Yerk disc. Can we talk about how the three Yerks at the end are the most 90s villains? <laughs> like, they could have been picked up from this, dropped into Power Rangers, Oh, and yeah. I would not have been able to tell the difference. Dropped into any vaguely action property of the 90s. Yes. I mean, it was uh, bob cut haircut, like just straight flat at chin level. And then two guys of the exact same body type, like <laughs> down to the ounce, these men have the same amount of matter composing them. <laughs> With just different enough face structures and hair structures, or hair structures, hair, <laughs> facial structures and hair. Style. Hairstyles. There we go. Uh, Harry Styles. To <laughs> not be twins. Yeah. I just like, all I can picture is that if I saw these three people marching around the mall or like moving as quickly and very suspicious like i'd be like we're following them something's up and yes this is probably how i end up as a controller like that's my origin story is i just followed the aliens in but 
they're so suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> um, can we talk about the guard, the the mall cop? who you know was just around every corner from Marco (laughs) from the moment he shook his hand and congratulated him on how good a job he was doing. Yeah, that is why he got caught. That is like, peak. this kid is up to something. (laughs) There is no scenario in which any human ever has this interaction. As insane as this episode is for a lot of reason, and in its 90s it feels, it also feels like the most true to Jake and Marco that you could really find. The, like just one dumbass plan after another. Was this the nylon fiberglass episode or was that last week? Yes. This no, was no, it. No, yeah. That was this. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Which as soon as as soon as they started that debate, I'm like, oh, I remember everything about this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know if anybody has ever said this, but I thought it was one of the better narrative choices of the Animorphs TV show to go ahead and get that security guard plan out of the way. Because there was something about the age group of the people in the TV show where that would be like just the first thing that we go and try is to morph a person, and especially a person who's in a position that would get us into, I don't know, the back room of the, the mall, if... I, I don't know if it has a back room, but you know what I mean? And then for that not to work, it, just yeah. a, a different direction than the the book series. But I thought it was something that was good to get out of the way early. Well, and it yeah. also gives us a moment to handle the, what about morphing people without making it an ethical question? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is physically painful to Marco yes. to morph another human. Yes. Yeah. Probably had us questioning why it was okay for acts as kids, but also maybe just being like, ah, that's another different thing, but okay. I mean, it had me questioning it as an adult, and I settled <laughs> on maybe it's just your own species. You yeah, that's basically yeah. where I went with. Which brings up a weird question about, well, I guess he doesn't use Tobias's DNA. Um, you know what? And work. I was sitting there, I, I promise you. The end, like for 10 minutes after that episode, when I was like, but he only used four of them. And then I had to think about it in the book. And I'm like, wait, did he only use four of them in the book? And I'm like, yeah, because Tobias was a bird like way before Axe showed up. Which like, okay. But think for, about have that. You, if, have you forgotten that in the book, Axe's human morph has wings like dude, Angel from the if you If you had asked me before this episode, I would have told you that he took five people's DNA and I would have argued with you. <laughs> And it wasn't until I watched this that I was like, oh. I just would like to point out that it's four people. Two white people. Two people of color. And the most white boy (laughs) is produced. Like, it gets me every time. Every time. I'm like, can you not find some biracial kid? I had a theory while watching this, and I want to real quick just asterisk, like, obviously children from interracial couples do not necessarily hew to any particular skin tone. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We recognize there is real world science here. Here's the thought that occurred to me while watching this. I feel like there is a non-zero chance that the actor who plays human Tobias 
And the actor who plays Human Axe actually auditioned for each other's parts. Okay. Because I feel like the actor who plays Axe looks like a Tobias. And I feel like the actor who plays Tobias, especially if you take the book like Strangely Attractive Child Description, looks like an Axe. I could see that. And someone was just like, hey, we actually want this kid on camera more. Oh, that is potentially what happened. Yeah. But I do feel like he's going to give back his morphine power at some point because. Yeah. You like. I can't I imagine know. a kid being a voiceover the whole time. Some, somehow I'm kind of surprised they haven't already. That yeah. said, though, that said, I love in a very uh, Loki way. The way they cut to these serious shots of the hawk, oh like God. he's just another person. Yeah. It made me so happy. And occasionally the hawk like screeches and stuff. But you know, yes. what is even better, and I hadn't realized this until my roommate watched the last episode with me and pointed it out. You can see the hawk's leash the entire time. Oh, I did not notice that. hundred uh, yep. percent. And then like like see its little things around its leg and like you guys did not trust this bird at all (laughs) and then i was like how did they get the bird to play dead and he was like it's taxidermy bird come on yeah yeah i just was genuinely like i'm impressed how do you get a bird to play dead slip in an extra mouse (laughs) or something Hey, did Jake morph a different lizard in the mall than he morphed in the first episode? I don't know. I'd need side-by-side comparison shots. There's no way I'd know that. And the answer is 100% probably yes, because they lost that first lizard or something, but... I feel like it was like a little brown lizard in the first one, and this one was like very green covered in number one. I think you're right. Um, which, like, we establish here, they're going to go acquire shit off camera. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole show would just be them breaking into the petting zoo over and over again. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about how dumb that year or that controller is because, like, look, you're you going to have to narrow this down. You have an, <laughs> in the pet shop, you have an okay. andalite that's like, "I'm the parrot. Leave the disc with the iguana," and. The dude's not like, well, I'm going to take both of the iguana and the parrot. <laughs> like, yeah, he'd still be wrong. But, like, you really trust the antelite to be like, I'm a bird. And well, need no, it? I, 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 they, they, they set up a parrot trap. <laughs> oh. That's two references to that film in this episode. Can oh. I make it three? I, I would have definitely. I did think about him telling him to leave it on the iguana cage. And I was like, no. Pick the furthest thing from you. Like, something non-animate. Like. Yeah, Go leave just, it with the dog toys. You know, think, that you can't figure out what I am. I think that was the most Jake moment for me where I was like, that is, that is Jake. <laughs> you dumbass going, hey, I'm smart enough to like not have him put it on my cage, but the next cage over. <laughs> it's like brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Also, I'm, it's on the bird. He'll I, never get it right. I'm the Andalite. I'm the parrot. Now please come hand me the disc. I'm the iguana. 
shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I just enjoy the critical thinking skills that say, as soon as the cashier said, no, that's our mascot, this Yerk did not think, oh, then that's probably not the Andalite. Right. It's always here. <laughs> there aren't two of them now. These aliens did not kidnap a bird. But they think there is a group of Andalites, and maybe they think they took the other bird to hold while, so that there's not two birds, but also, yeah, you're right. The Andalite came in acquired the bird, then morphed the bird, and then looked at the bird. It's like, hey, buddy, take five. I got this. <laughs> the other bird is outside smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like, hey, cool. We got a five-minute break from being pet store mascot. That feels very 90s, going outside to take a smoke break. That does explain why in season two there's a very special episode where that bird dies from lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that summary. Huh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Spoilers, Tim. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm just not going to watch the rest of the show because it's been ruined for me. I just, this episode is so great from like Jake and Marco being like, Haha, we're so smart. And the girls come in and immediately are like, you realize this is fake, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I loved that moment. And also, if Cassie's telling you that you smell, come on. She was on a farm. <laughs> well, and like, you know, she's trying to be polite about it because Marco is li- literally covered in all this shit <laughs> yes. and cassie's like does something smell bad <laughs> but then she's like it's you and i'm like could you not tell really <laughs> that's called the script and costumes did not talk <laughs> uh um this episode starts a trend that is something I've noticed more and more across various pieces of media uh, lately, but like every episode that we're talking about today does this, and it is unfathomable to me. And that is addressing your cousins as cuz or cousin. <laughs> we gotta make sure everybody knows we're related, because we have nothing alike, and you have 15 years older than we... Have you ever met a human who does that? I do it, like, ironically. <coughs> and, like, I guess, okay, okay, fine. I just. I've met people who refer to people that are not their cousin as cuz. Yes, that's yeah. different. That's yeah. a very different, like, social function. Yeah. I'm talking, like, and, like, the, the least intrusive moment in this, in fact, is when Visser 3 addresses Axe, my Andalite cousin. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I feel like, especially with uh, one of my, like, when they were teens, I'd be like, what up, cuz? Kind of thing of, like, trying to embarrass the ones that are much younger than me. But that's about the only situation I can imagine using that in. Maybe my problem is this. There is no human I know who I would actually want to, like, jovially talk to who I would ever want to denigrate by comparing to one of my cousins. I get that. But I I think it is also supposed to be in in the same way of, like, how people greet, you know, brother and sister. I don't know that I have ever... No, our culture doesn't do that, but there are cultures that do. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I just... Hearing two, hearing two very white yuppies call each other cuz over and over. Okay, no, that I agree with. That was bullshit. But I'm talking about the Andalite cousin part. The Andalite cousin part, like, that was the least intrusive version. No, of but it. yes. 
I feel like it was very much Tom being like, I need the audience to know that we're related. And Rachel being like, what audience? Yeah. <laughs> the yerk in my head. <laughs> Hello. Cousin I have figured it out. Cousin. Name will come Rachel. <laughs> That's just it. The yerk couldn't remember her name. <laughs> Remembered her function, not her name. I am glad we got the Melissa story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like it's kind of Rachel's decision point to do this is, you know, to save Melissa. So I'm glad it, it's in there. Yeah. But that whole Chapman thing was like super shoehorned, though. Yeah. It really brings to light like how little that makes sense that she's not a controller. Yeah. I gotta say though, if we're gonna talk about the Chapman Visser 3 scene, I adore the weird, strangely intense acting choices that Visser 3 makes. Um... At one point, he literally boops Chapman on the nose. (laughs) Very, very slowly. Very slowly, he just reaches this finger out. And gradually, I mean, it takes like a good 10 seconds. And he just makes contact and pulls it away again. You just booped my screen. (laughs) I did. I did. Um... He boops him on the snoot and uh, has a lot of like really just intense like facial expressions throughout, which are glorious. But then there's the moment where like Ennis loses control of Chapman and Visser 3 like has his henchman grab Chapman and then takes his whole hand and just like places yeah. it on Chapman's face. And says, Ennis, get control of your host. Yeah. Of like... <laughs> A finger almost up his nose. (laughs) And then once Chapman chills out, like, he slowly pulls his hand back. Like, that's not a special skill Visser 3 has. His human morph certainly can't do that. He's literally just holding this man by his face. Yeah. Did, uh, did we want to talk about the moment when Amidala died? Oh, I'm sorry, when the butterflies escaped? Take a look. And he was... It's been a <laughs> he was, look. He was just there screaming, no! And I was like, no. No. <laughs> Why? Why does everybody have to do this? Because the Animorphs had the high ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love that this show had Tobias disappear... They had no idea where he was. Are kind of bummed about it. Like literally, these first two episodes, Tobias is missing. But then, like everybody's walking home all chill at the end of the first episode we watched, and everybody's kind of like, "Yeah, he'll show up at some point, I guess." Mm. Like, what the fuck? And the second episode frames his arrival as like this horror moment. Yes. It perfectly fits with how everybody felt about Tobias in his life, though. 
I, but his yeah, friends he's shouldn't fine. Be he's that somewhere. Way. He's okay. I just oh. I love Rachel's response, which is it's been at least two whole days, right? <laughs> I mean, I, at the very I, least, eighteen I, hours, huh? I said, I. What day did you go missing? Thirty-six hours. <laughs> it's been like because there's the whole day of the mall episode. Like that's a full yeah. calendar day. At best, it was the night before that they were in the York pool. So maybe that night, maybe it's the same day as the mall. He flaps into her room and is like, I stayed in the morph for more than two hours. <laughs> well, morph back. I can't try harder. Like, yeah. it's not like it's been two hours and five minutes, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> it's been two days. <laughs> I'm sure he's had the thought. Try harder. <laughs> We're not still in the two to three hour range. No, like there's a little wiggle room there. Not <laughs> this much. Yeah. And which is something we learned in his book. Like it's not exactly two hours. Yeah. It's two to three. <laughs> two to three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't meaning that. I mean, like there, in book no, I know three, we... there is the moment where he's panicking because based on a clock that he sees, it had been two hours and his friends were going to be stuck as wolves, I think, or something. Yeah. And, you know, like, actually, I wasn't I'm, always making fun of you, but yes. I know. <laughs> I, I'm always making fun of me. That's my secret, Cap. Fair, fair, fair. Um, there are a few books, though, where we get that. Because, like, Cassie morphs back at, yeah. like, two hours and ten minutes at some point. Yeah. Maybe one more thing, right than we are. One thing that, that does stick out to me here and this is true of the books too and it feels very much like one of those things that just falls into the category of the lore did not set all the way in those first five books i feel like it should be much harder than it is for acts to combine other people into one people one person Like, like it does it's never used again it's never discussed it's never even like a you could do this thing we've never been able to figure that out and eventually becomes where they almost know more about morphine than he does yeah and i mean we learn explicitly that like they have way more experience than any actual andalite with morphing mm-hmm. and other than maybe viscer three and like they just forgot to show the tool that he was using. Canonically, very difficult to mix <laughs> animals, which I know, like at least in this case, you've got the same genetic makeup. Right. It just feels like one of those things that okay, we don't think about too hard, and that's fine. But it did it did stand out a little bit to me on this end of the story, having been through all the books now again recently. I just want to talk about how much it must suck to be Brooke Nevins and being told, hey, we're not putting Rachel in this episode until the very end because you have to be there for plot reasons. Hey, but we how, can't pay you for this much work. How so, did Rachel know? How did Rachel know where to go? I don't know. I don't know. She they're standing in the goddamn woods. It's not like they're hanging out in the barn. They've left the barn. They've been in the woods for, at this point, a few minutes. Yep. There's a whole monologue. Tobias didn't guide her there because he's there the whole time and even makes the comment, hey, someone should catch her up. Which you'd think if he'd said, hey, go out to the woods, he would have led with, there's an Andalite. Okay. okay. 
unless he spotted her at a distance was giving her directions and was like i have a surprise or we have a surprise for you don't be scared or maybe he is like there's an andalite and she's like haha that's very funny and he's like okay and that's why she's like oh wow rather than what the fuck i feel like both of those scenarios have rachel marco energy but not Rachel Tobias energy. That's fair. Maybe because in a lot of ways we don't get a ton of downtime in their relationship. That's fair. I just, I mean, I get the answers. They needed her there. Like they only had her come in to film for that day because they needed him to acquire her too. Right. Otherwise, you know, she just wouldn't be in the episode. Oh, entirely. Which is just bizarre. And also makes me wonder, um, is someone going to be missing in each episode going forward? Do we never get more than four kids at a time? I feel like probably that that feels like a pretty normal trend in 90s children cartoons, children's cartoons. Like Rachel, they can explain away with divorce, Cassie working on the farm. I feel like Marco has has to to help his dad. Yeah. I feel like Jake has to be there. I mean, it already kind of feels a little bit like the Marco and Jake show. Oh, very much so. Like, I feel like it's going to be a lot of Marco and Jake and then a rotating cast of Tobias or Bird or Tobias and uh, reused Bird footage. Because <laughs> let's be honest, we know that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. That was, again, a normal, like, cost-saving measure in children's TV at the time. Um. And or Cassie and or Rachel and or Axe, but like never all of them. How did Cassie know it was Tobias? Do you think Tobias know what was Tobias? She's hopping around as a bunny and he's getting ready to swoop. Do you think he like thought speaks out loud like, fuck yeah, dinner time. (laughs) Like, because she's like, Tobias, it's me. How? How do you know? Okay. It's Cassie. She probably recognizes the coloration of that specific bird and knows she's got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Maybe? It's either Tobias or the one that's still being nursed back to health in her barn. Maybe. Maybe if she's lucky and there's not one that's just similar enough. Also, can rabbits see above them? I, I... Maybe she felt the wind disrupt the wind beat, like, the, the air disturbance. There we go. Like, as it swooped, maybe there was just that sort of, like, air current thing. And she's like, oh, no, it's me, Tobias. I hope that's you. <laughs> she just got really fucking lucky. Yep. I mean, especially given that we already had the, you mean I've just been talking to a bird <laughs> moment somewhere in the first yeah, three episodes. that's fair. That's fair. Oh. <sighs> Um, how did we feel about baby Andalites, who was very clearly a person in a costume and not a puppet, as it we never saw below, like, chest level? I, I was fine. I wish they had, like, solved for maybe a little bit more movement, because it was a little disruptive. Like, this is obviously someone in a suit, but also he has to stand stock still, because, like, if he moves too hard, this thing will fall apart. Yeah. Um, 
I, I did appreciate that at one point we got uh, some tail blade work from one of the Andalites. Yeah. <laughs> I went, that's not going to cut through the door. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. <laughs> I love that, like, now watching this on a modern TV, clearly those tails are, like, painted foam. Yes. Yeah. Being held up by, did, like, marionettes. Yeah. Did you see the, the tail blade when he grabbed Cassie? Yes. And had the tail blade. It, like, yeah. whipped around yeah. him. Yeah. Like I was like, first of all, even if if that had any weight to it, it would be a rock. <laughs> it would not yeah. be anything sharp to it. Uh, yeah, I'm like, this is a prop I could make. Awesome. I also feel like it was very obvious um, in this that the stock eyes don't move. Yeah, like when they're in the dark and like maybe someone's dying and wants to focus all their eyes, you don't really think about it. But this one, I was like, man, axe. Those are some stationary eyes. Especially like, to have the you... commentary about seeing behind them. Yep. Um, while, we're, while we are picking on the tech budget for this show. <laughs> uh, we only... to. I just, this made me laugh. I, I had a lot yeah. of fun with these three episodes. We uh, only saw Hork Bajir once in this trio of episodes. Yeah. But it gives me an excuse to bring up the thing I did not say last time. Which is... I feel like these Hork Bajir are wildly malnourished. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it looks weird with them not having tails. <laughs> yeah. I did not notice that they didn't have tails. I, I noticed it in the first episode that, like, they don't have them, and it makes it seem impossible for them to balance like that. I... I... When they roll up to Visser Three's house, <laughs> and the the two Hork Bajir are outside, all I could think of was like, I need some Hork Bajir gargoyles. Whenever I make it in life, I'll commission these things to be made. <laughs> that that's incredible, actually. Okay, here's what you need, Tim: Hork Bajir gargoyles and taxon rain spouts. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of, do you think we're actually ever going to see a taxon in this show? No. Like, is that just I too sure much don't. of, like, yeah, horror no. to, to put into a children's show? I mean, no, it's too much effort to put into costuming. I feel like that's the actual answer. <laughs> yeah. I, the I feel like if if we see a taxon, it's not going to be frightening. Okay, fair. No, I, but I, I do honestly feel like if they were going to pull out a taxon, they would have done it already. Because they were mentioned just as soon as the Hork Bajir oh, yeah. were in the book series. So yeah, they just, they just decided maybe that they one didn't happen. Maybe they a slightly bigger budget in the second season. Maybe they wanted to hook their audience before they explained the cannibal aliens. <laughs> I bet the you we could probably, we could make an Animorphs TV show taxon ourselves. We just need like one of those, it's like a kid's play tube. You know what I'm talking oh, about yeah. where it has the rings and the like the the windbreaker material in between yeah. it? If we start with one of those, we could probably make a good taxon. Yes. We would need all the eyes. Yes. And we just of- cast a lot of red resin. <laughs> yeah. Um I was going to say something. Oh, speaking of costuming CGI and stuff, the dumpster truck scene on a modern TV uh, is very clearly CGI (laughs) as it's like pushing Marco forward. I was like, that is, that is some bad CGI. 
Marco had some great facial expression work in that scene too, yes. though. He did, yeah. and like I feel like he's calmed down into Marco more. Yeah. Like I like this take on Marco. Yes. It feels a little less forced than the first few episodes did. Um. While we are on just random errata. In the sharing, it's not a beach party. It's like a party in some sort of civic building multi-purpose room. There's a DJ. And this DJ is the least interested DJ I have ever seen. He like just kind of very gently massages the record that he is, <laughs> he is turning. And, like, could not be more disinterested in what's going on. It was incredible. Um, also, shout out in the same episode to the one of the two little old ladies who Marco and the mall cop run past. Who, I don't know if it was an ad lib or a line written in the script, delivered, can you believe that? As they ran by. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The morphine times. Like. Instantaneous. It is yeah, instantaneous. Yeah. And also he did it in the middle of the mall. Like they were standing in front of a jewelry shop and both of them switched forms. Yeah. Yes. One of them crawled out of the other's pocket. They morphed what? and the other crawled into the first's pocket. The hell. They are definitely keeping it low key. That's for sure. Yes. No security cameras, except for the one that the mall cop saw Marco steal the lizard. No, no, no. I think your theory of, like, the handshaking being, like, that he is following Marco everywhere, which, like, <laughs> is probably a good thing he couldn't turn into him because he would have definitely turned the corner into him yeah. as him. Um, but that, yeah, I think that explains why the cop was there. I want to see this episode remade in a post-Paul Blart world. <laughs> okay. Or I want to see the Animorphs versus Paul Blart. I I love the way you just described a post Paul Blart world <laughs> as a world that was noticeably changed. Yes. After the creation of Paul Blart, as if we had one world and then the next, it was completely different. Tim, can you refute that premise? <laughs> I, I cannot. You? <laughs> we were irrevocably changed. There's a meme that's like people under 40 know that the world changed or became so much worse or the terrible place it is. I don't remember exactly what it said. The moment that oh, the gorilla whose name I'm totally blinking on Harambe. Yes, when he died, yeah, but that's... none of them can explain why. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that, the. I was told that's what sent us down the darkest timeline. And that also could describe Paul Blart. Yeah. Yeah, it really could. They were not that far apart each other apart from exactly. each other historically. <laughs> okay. So Inanna has we fell in love with a box that we put on top of her. And she stalks me in this box. This box keeps inching closer and closer. <laughs> She's doing a real uh, solid snake thing there, huh? Yeah. 
not the first person to make that joke, but nice job. <laughs> Thank you. First person on this podcast. That is true. <sighs> Megan's going to get the little exclamation points above her head. <laughs> if I were editing this one, that sound <laughs> would absolutely, absolutely find a place here. Oh. All right. Is there anything else that we really want to talk about when it comes to these three episodes? Uh, okay. For whatever we make fun of this, I, I'm still having fun with it, and I can't wait to watch more. I'll be honest, there was a part of me with the uh, Mall episode that really had to debate. Obviously, it wasn't the disc, but like, was there a version of this in the book? Because it really does have the energy of an Animorph book. It really does. The, pe- yeah. the pet shop? The pet shop? Yeah. All of that episode. I'm yeah. fairly certain that was in the book. I think the, the, the scene I was thinking about ultimately took place in either a Hot Topic or a Spencer's. I do feel like there was something with a Spencer's, but it wasn't called Spencer's. Like, it was just a vague... Oh, there might have been a Spencer's. I think also... there was one explicitly with either a Hot Topic or a Spencer's. It was the one where Eric was uh, uh, having power issues and kept, like, okay. freezing. And at one point they had to, like, hide him yeah. in the Spencer's. Yes. Spencer's. I do remember okay, that. Yeah, yes. Yes. Like, I think that's the episode I was coming back to. This really has the energy of that. It does. It's like a... It, it really feels like it could have been in the books and especially the earlier books where they weren't quite taking it as serious, you know, despite maybe attempting to commit suicide uh, as they do in the later, like, I don't know. Like part of me is like the running around the mall with the Yerks feels very nineties TV rather than Animorphs books, but also it does all feel like something that could have happened in an early book. I mean, Jake has the line in, like, episode five about how we've had so many near losses. I'm like, oh, oh, my sweet summer child. And I don't I don't just mean Scott Summers this once. <laughs> oh, you don't know. You, you, don't, you don't understand. You're saying that to Rachel. Oh, oh, honey. <laughs> I uh, did have a moment. It was right after being like, man, that's some baggy clothes. Where I was just like, I'm kind of glad this show didn't last very long because as much as I enjoyed Animorphs as a kid, I think actually seeing some of the horrific stuff would have been very upsetting. Definitely. Like, I mean, to see that group lose that friendship and the laughter and stuff would actually have devastated me. Or, like, the flip side of it, knowing a children's television show would probably never go that dark. That's true, too. Especially at that time. Yeah. Like, at some point... At some point, it would have just been sort of Monster of the Week. Yeah. I just... The mask or face head stuff that they put on the guy to be Axe, I just... It was awful. (laughs) <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it because it's the hair. I think it's the hair that's the problem is that it looks so smooth and very clearly like someone has put 
silicone on someone's head and painted it blue and then put hair and like gelled it up. And I, you guys can't see me as I'm making all these motions, but just that hair is sticking straight back. Well, and the mouthpiece too looks like, like a ski mask of some sort. Yes. Like every time I saw his face, all I could think yeah. was morphing. I was, you were so, uh, you were made in the morphing. I was born here. <laughs> The uh, um, the part with the Andalite, where Axe is talking to, I don't remember who, but 75%, 80% of Axe is covered by a tree. Yes, that was yeah. the moment and I was like, like there's this nothing is... underneath them. Yeah, I was like, this is not an effective cost-saving <laughs> measure. Like, you did not achieve your goal. It looks like they stepped into someone's backyard and was like, all right, if we yeah. put all of these bushes together... We're going to yeah. make it really green and like we're in the middle of the forest and it's like no that's that's not quite how it works. And like also all the I'm... shots over Axe's shoulder so you get like the back of his head and his right shoulder and right yes. arm but that's Yeah. Like... I'm so disappointed that they don't have more than 25% of an andalite to use in any <laughs> shot. Like they have three andalite pieces to variously yeah the Variously? Is variously a thing? To arrange in various ways. Also, we have yet to see a single hoof. This is true. Maybe maybe that's not that maybe that's a modesty thing. <laughs> the censors were like, no. The no. Andalite censors, they called up and they're like, hey, we know what you're doing out there. We're gonna let you keep pretending that this isn't a real story, but also do not put our hooves on TV. Which is funny because they don't cover them now. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to get some real like early 2000s White Castle commercial moments with uh, Axe and some Cinnabon soon, right? I am certain. Yeah. White Castle Hardee's. Hardee's. I think it was Hardee's. I just, I, I really do think they cast Why? him well. It's at the same time he doesn't have the right look but like the comedic factor of it was good yeah why what i'm sorry white castle i don't remember white castle commercials there were some maybe maybe it was hardy's there was a a series of let's say sexually suggestive commercials oh, hardy's for about sure. a hamburger chain that involved I don't know if Jessica Simpson was also washing yeah. a oh, car yeah. at the same time. Yeah it, was, yeah. it was Hardy's and Carl's Jr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my point here being like, I feel like that is the energy they need to bring to his eating a Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess like that is a good question. We got two episodes next. What do you think is going to be those episodes? That's a you question, Tim. Oh no, do you yeah, remember? It's Alex? gonna be No, but Tim's the one who makes predictions. No, but I also want to hear um, what you think. It's uh it it's going to be X there there's going to be pieces of X learning how to engage in human culture. But those are gonna be like the B stories on the episodes. That's probably gonna be the B story for like the every episode from here on out. Um is it ever going to be the A story? No. Okay. No. 
No. We can't show that season. much of an Andalite. It will never be the <laughs> yeah. eighth story. Yeah. Maybe season two or something, but uh, no, I don't think so. Um, you're going to get more of the the same. Like it's going to be more of the same. The the chaotic sharing trips. Um, so you think they're going to stick more in the actually, same you know vibe what? and no. not expand into other stories? I think I think we will get an episode where Jake gets yerked though. Because I think that was a really good story, and I think they'll use it. Also, you just remembered that Meg said that, that happens last week. <laughs> also, I just remembered that Meg said that that happens yeah, next week. Yeah, you're right. It does at some point happen. Not these two episodes, though. Oh, no. I, I do. I kind of can't wait for that one. That one, you could also do without any enhanced production costs. You just have to have Jake say he's a yerk, and then it <laughs> happened. So, it's good. You need to rent a hot tub. God. Yeah, but they have they still have the York pool. They just need to clean the water up. Instead so, of that sludgy nasty water. Okay. So you don't think uh so originally we wouldn't let you watch any of the TV show until we hit a certain point in the book series. Right. So you don't We have now rewatched every episode that I've seen. Right. I have not seen episodes but seven you in don't, my life. You haven't, but you don't think that there are storylines that we were trying to prevent you from learning? Uh, okay, so I'm sure that there are, but I don't feel like in the two seasons of the show that it's going to get super deep into this episodes, like or into the, okay. the story. Like I'm going to say this. Rachel's, Rachel's not going to die. We're not going no, to no, get no, that no. far. No, for sure it. no. Um, you're not going to get the Hork Bajir Valley. I hope. Uh, they're, they're, I hope we get David. That would be cool. I don't. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, what storylines do you um, think might happen? Let's go with that. What storylines um, do you remember? Let's go with. <laughs> that. I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we get an episode of the Extreme. Uh, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's crazy buffalo. Morphs human. Okay, no, I want to remind you that uh, there's going to be there's going to be the TV there, show until okay. like episode maybe twenty after we read finished book yeah. twenty three or something like that, which, which is, is the end of the David trilogy. No, it's after Tobias uh, finds out that he's Elf's Fangor's kid. That was wasn't that the End of Light Chronicles? No, that's when we found that out. Oh, gotcha. Okay, fair. Um, they're going to go to Australia, right? I actually don't know if they do or not. It feels very nice to, to do it. So yeah, there's going to be an Area 51 episode. Okay, that yeah, that would be a storyline. That yeah, okay. Yeah, 100 percent. The Andalite toilet is a Nickelodeon storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just don't think they'll get into the bigger stuff. Do we have a budget for Chi? No. Uh yeah, actually. Uh, maybe not the actual, but I'm fairly certain, at least if there's not an Eric, there's someone in some childhood show that I have cast as Eric in my head. And I'm curious to find out which one is true. Both are, both are equally valid and possible. <laughs> I, I would love it, love it, love it if the Helmocron showed up. <laughs> That would be such a fun See, episode. See, that one's great because they're so small that you don't even have to design them. Right? I feel like there are storylines and like before we got big universe 
that still work. Like there's, I, I know what's coming up, but like, stuff from the first before the first 20 that like could still work as cheesy nickelodeon shows what about marco's mom tim Ooh, that is a good question because that one yes yes marco's mom shows up and she is visitor one I'll say yes. I did have a moment where I made a comment about how I appreciate the fact that they did do this Melissa storyline because it is kind of the point that like Rachel went, ah, this is why I'm fighting. And it's not presented in exactly the same way, but I'm glad they did that. And I do hope they kind of have all those moments for everybody. I'm trying to think through the books now. Um, They're going to go to the woods because of Dapson or whatever it was. So some logging's going to get done? Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. Hey, also, people should go listen to Sporadic Phantoms. Um, we don't have to torture you any longer with this. Alex, what do you think the next two episodes will be about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guessing's Tim's department. I'm here for animal trivia. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like I feel like this show can do anything because it has the books. Yes, but it also has just the okay. Well, here's a generically '90s space for kids to hang out. Let's go play some beach bocce. It won't be a beach because this is in Vancouver. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They get trapped in a cave. Like, that could easily I, like, be a 90s children's TV do show. Do you think yeah. they're going to time I, I, travel? Do you, I, do you think there will be a dinosaur episode? Do you think Crazy Monster no. with Rachel lost memory? I mean... I, I, I want there to be an inner space episode where they go inside the axe. I could see no. the Megamorphs, Megamorphs 1 kind of being a thing, because there aren't any big, crazy, like, set-piece moments to that. There's a big dust monster. An, yeah, but alternate, cheap 90s al- CGI. True. Alternate future episode yeah. where you see how they would have turned out if something happens and then whoever wakes up from a dream yeah. or the alternate we past. We have like three or four you know, of those books, yeah. Where you, yeah, you get Jake and his Civil War era grandfather or whatever. Yeah. I mean... Great-grandfather. I, I did appreciate with, with the same energy as like speaking of the dust monster, I thought of like footage, like historical footage of the dust bowl because i i did appreciate the use of like space shuttle footage like very hastily like cut oh, together yes. the rotated 90 degrees as like ashes falling, ashes <laughs> falling yeah. yeah that was that was great it's like okay this is the discovery but no one's gonna no one's gonna ask okay i do forget every single time that I know that they find Axe because I always remember the scene of him turning into human Axe, but I always forget that they remove the ocean factor of it. Yeah. And do this yeah. warehouse thing that is clearly just so that they you can't see the Andalites well. So, hey, speaking of that warehouse, did anyone else expect the Animorphs to get covered in pesticide and hit by lightning? No. 
And now I know why you said that, but man, I'm so mad at you. Alex, for a brief moment, I forgot those books fucking existed. Alex, if you do that to me again, I don't think I'll ever speak to you. Now I know that's not true. Clearly you were talking about Barry Allen's origins, right? Right, right. It was definitely yeah. pesticide that gave him powers. Jesus Christ. <sighs> a bunch of rando chemicals. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I just, at first I was like, is he talking about like the warehouse isn't up to code? Like, okay. It's very clearly run down and like weeds are fucking hell. And then all of a sudden Andy Warhol appears and he robs something. I don't know. I hate that you reminded me this book exists. <laughs> Except for that seventh one. It was pretty good. It's just... We put that in our past. Can it stay in the past? The past never stays dead. Yeah, okay. There's, sometimes Alex makes them come back. But they come back <laughs> wrong. <laughs> they, they started wrong. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Any animal trivia, you traitorous person, you. (laughs) I do, in fact, have animal trivia. Biologists have vastly been underestimating giraffes' social skills. Haven't we all, though? Apparently. The iconically tall animals may have complex matriarchal systems much like elephants do, according to new research. I am looking at a Gizmodo article. Giraffes are way more socially competent than we give them credit for, a team of scientists from the University of Bristol say. They're calling for an updated understanding of the incredibly tall artiodactyls. Giraffes have the unfortunate circumstance of sharing the African savanna with elephants, the largest land mammals on Earth, and renowned for their intelligence and social skills. But new research published yesterday in Mammal Review, which is, as it turns out, an academic journal and not a dirty magazine, (laughs) is the latest look at giraffe social structure, which has received new interest in the last decade. Before then, scientists didn't think the mammal had much of a social structure at all, according to the new paper. It is baffling to me that such a large, iconic, and charismatic African species has been understudied for so long. This paper collates all the evidence to suggest that giraffes are actually a highly complex social species with intricate and high-functioning social systems potentially comparable to elephants, cetaceans, and chimpanzees, said Zoe Muller, a biologist at the University of Bristol and definitely not a giraffe. (laughs) Muller's team reviewed 404 previous papers on giraffe behavior to get a broad view of the animal's social system, paying special attention to females in different social groups, male giraffe dispersal, and how offspring are reared and for how long. They found giraffe social structure to be on par with those of other intelligent mammal species that form cohesive social groups. Some of those groups, namely orcas, have a matriarchal social hierarchy, meaning that the oldest females run the show. 
Um, giraffe herds can range to about a dozen in size to nearly 50. Uh, nearly a third of giraffes spend their life post in a post-reproductive stage. And females of the species who live beyond menopause stay in the, in the pack to help raise new generations. Oh. Um, the so-called grandmother hypothesis is seen in some whales, primates, elephants, and now giraffes. Uh, and there is a competitive advantage to having the older animals to help ensure the longevity of their social groups. Recognizing that giraffes have a complex cooperative social system and live in matrilineal societies will further our understanding of their behavioral ecology and conservation needs. If we view giraffes as a highly social complex species, this also raises their status toward being a more complex and intelligent mammal that is increasingly worthy of protection, Muller said. Again, not a giraffe. <laughs> Don't ask her about her ossicones. I like that you have to specify multiple times. I, that's what I got from this, is that that's the thing that I learned today. That if you don't, like, if you want me to believe that you're a giraffe, <laughs> just tell me that you're not a giraffe. Like, and immediately, 100%. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, that person's a 100% giraffe. 100% believe no that giraffes wrote this article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Too many of us are getting hit by lightning. We need you guys to take us seriously. We have grandmas. Yeah. Grandmas might be getting hit by lightning. <laughs> Who's going to study giraffes better than giraffes themselves? I think what we need... That feels like I think an existential question. ...is a, an island. An island in which giraffe scientists can study giraffes in the wild. It can be their very own giraffic park. Oh, I knew there was a joke coming. And I was like, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? <laughs> it's like... like in order to not get hit by the joke, you have to figure out the joke before he does, and you can't get there in time. You just have to watch the joke plow into yes, you. I'm actually a fifth dimensional imp. You don't banish me by getting me to say my name backwards. You actually just have to beat me to the punchline. Oh, I would just like to point out that I, I talked about how Inanna, like, box attacking me and all that. Yes. I got to the point earlier while you started talking about giraffes where I was like, she's still under the box. I think she's fallen asleep. And so I checked and she had, or at least she was curled up. So I just unextended my leg for the first time since all of this started and she attacked. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the longest con and it's so wonderful. What you're saying is she simultaneously was and wasn't asleep. Yes. She is frequently Schrodinger. I'm trying to. I've been sitting here this whole time trying to figure out how to say Alice a bit like backwards. I can't. I can't get there. You say it this way Alex a pit like backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any listener questions or reviews? Nope. All right. Hey, you should send us questions though. Because too often I go and I look at the form and I'm like, oh, hey, it's been updated. Someone sent us a question. And then it's just some asshole 
trying to promote a service online being like, hey, there's a typo or a link's broken. You should buy our fucking software to find it, asshole. <laughs> Send me real questions. I don't have to be bummed that that's what we get. <laughs> and if you're one of those people, rethink all your fucking life choices. <laughs> you are one of those bots. I'm so sorry that it's what you're stuck doing. <laughs> Look, I will support the robot uprising if it means no more of that shit. Fair. Because you shouldn't have to do that. But get it out of our Google form. That's fair. All right. Uh, anything to promote? No. Okay. Mm-mm. We'd like to thank Red Sphinx for our show art. You can check out more of his work by supporting his Patreon or visiting Chaos Does Art on Instagram. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email red at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. Peep our social meds, Minds of Yerk, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Website is mindsatyerk.com. Spell Yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Available on your podcast... Available on your podcatcher of choice. Let us know if you can't find us there. Alex. Yes. What fascinating quote did you bring us this episode? If you don't like me when I'm angry, you're going to hate me when I'm bored. (laughs) That was great. This is good. It's a good t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that just feels like Visitor 3 doesn't know how to threaten people. That's Visser 3's match profile. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Oh, now I, I see feel like Visser 3 is Visser 3 is in fact on match. Not plenty of fish? Mm, maybe. Maybe. I'm sorry. Victor Trent. Wink. <laughs> He has the same initials. His human name has the initials of Victor Three, Visser Three. I didn't notice. Also, Trent. Trent Trace Trey. Yeah, like three. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like that's thirty. Might if you add an e to it, I think it's thirty in French. Or Spanish Trenta. Anyways, now that we're having these epiphanies about. Visitor 3's uh, secret identity. I've been Megan. My name was Alex. And I was Tim. And until then, we fight. <laughs>